much more sexy tracks coming up. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Well, good afternoon and welcome to a very special edition of the NMF podcast with me, Dennis Down. And coming up later on the show, we'll be talking to the Heisinder Band from Manchester. A great bunch of lads looking forward to this. That's all to come on the NMF podcast with me, Dennis Down. In the meantime, how about some of this? Much more sexy tracks coming up.
much more sexy tracks coming up. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Little Timmy's got hold of a marker pen. My wall looks like a coloring book. What am I going to do? Flash! This tempo's way too slow to tell you all there is to know. So I'm going to speed it up. Here we go. When you're holidaying in Rome, but you want it to look like you're at home, Hive Active lights will come on at night to make your living room nice and bright. Or if you left work in a hurry and you're trying to save some money, Hive Active plugs let you turn your appliances off whilst you're having your ear chewed off by your boss. How about you're at a romantic dinner for two and you want to check your kids home by curfew? Hive sensors monitor your front door so they won't be sneaking home late anymore. Whew. Because with Hive you control your home from your phone, from your lights to your plugs to your sensors. See what else you can control at HiveHome.com. Hive products work with Hive Hub. Requires broadband. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Are you ready? Much more sexy tracks coming up. That's the Joker from the High Cinders Band. Coming up later, we'll be chatting to them on the podcast. And before that, it was 4,000 Miles on Reflections. And, of course, kicking off three songs in a row back-to-back was Sam Lambeth and King. Coming up after the break is the High Cinders on the NMF Podcast with me, Dennis Devlin. This tempo's way too slow to tell you all there is to know, so I'm going to speed it up. Here we go. When you're holidaying in Rome but you want it to look like you're at home, Hive Active lights will come on at night to make your living room nice and bright. Or if you left work in a hurry and you're trying to save some money, Hive Active plugs let you turn your appliances off whilst you're having your ear chewed off by your boss. How about you're at a romantic dinner for two and you want to check your kids home by curfew? Hive sensors monitor your front door so they won't be sneaking home late anymore. Whew. Because with Hive you control your home from your phone, from your lights to your plugs to your sensors. See what else you can control at HiveHome.com. Hive products work with Hive Hub. Required broadband. The best songs on the radio. This is my only favorite station. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after thirty day trial starts automatically. Terms apply. The hits just keep on coming. Are you ready? Ten, nine, eight, seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, welcome to the NMF podcast with me, Dennis Devil, and good evening, the High Cinders. How are we doing, guys? How's it going? Brilliant to have you guys on. It's really, really good. I'm really looking forward to this. How you all been today? Yeah, good. Cheers, mate. Love hearing that man accent. So listen, guys, <laughs> we'll get this going. It's great to have you on board. I'm currently loving the music. It's fantastic. It's great to listen to it. I really enjoyed the Joker, by the way. Nice, thank you. So what got you guys into music? Um, well, myself personally, um, it was just, first of all, happened at a music festival a couple of years ago. I mean, I've been going to gigs and following Manchester bands all my life really but actually getting into music myself personally something that happened at the beginning of lockdown um, when the pandemic hit I just decided to uh, get some lads together and start working on some songs that I've been writing away secretly Absolutely fantastic It seems just amazing isn't it? Yeah I mean it's been it's been very strong obviously when I was a lot younger it was it was really big and it did tend to Started to quiet down a little bit over recent years, but you know the last the last couple of years it seems to be rising again, and there's a, there's a lot of young hungry bands that are making a lot of noise at the moment. So it looks like the future is quite bright again for Manchester music. Yeah, all different genres as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys are just absolutely rocking the place right now. You are very popular, as you've probably noticed. So who's your inspiration to make music? Who inspires you to make music? Uh, for me, it was, well, I've, I've always been a Green Day fan since I was like, since the first time I heard Basket Case. And then, um, yeah, I think I was about 13 when I picked up the guitar. So it's like, you know, Green Day, Blink-182, some 41. And then when, as you get older, it's like, you know, four years strong and you get a little bit heavier. For you, it's quite different, eh? Yeah, for myself, um, I'd probably say the Cortinas probably has been my massive influence. Um, probably seen, probably been to see them the most out of any band I've seen. So it's like, you know, being in that crowd so many times and seeing everyone go nuts, regardless how many times I've been and seen them, every time it gets better and better. And just hearing so many hardcore fans sing back and big anthems back to the band is just something that's made me hungry and driven me to be on the other side of it rather than be in the crowd. So, yeah, I think what me and Steve just said there, like from his influence and mine, I think you can actually really hear both of them influences gelled together in the songs that we've, we've made. So it's good to see that both of our influences have got, got match up. Yeah, they've, they've gelled together quite well, actually. Yeah, it comes through your music. It's brilliant. I mean, who, how would you describe your music? The, the, how would you describe the type of music you typically typically make? I would just go straight for rock. We were a bit, bit indie rock. Yeah. You know? And then we yeah. put a little bit of influence in there. So, like, I'm on bass. I like to do sort of, like, like we've got a new song we're working on that's very sort of, like, Blink-182 inspired. But then the guitarist is really into his metal. So he puts a little bit of a spin on that. But I, I always just say we're, we're rock and try not to... Yeah, try not to say that we're something that people might say around and say, like, you know, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, but it's something that it's really weird. It's something that we really struggled putting our finger on when we first got together, like when we was trying to put, you know, who 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 we're trying to be. It's it's something that we didn't really worry about. We didn't care on putting our putting a label on what we are. We just let the people decide and we've kind of made this unique kind of sound. I mean, you can hear which yeah. which kind of avenues we're going down, but we don't stick to one area, if you know what I mean. It's we kind of branch all over the show, so mm. it's it's kind of good that we can do a bit of this and a bit of that, rather than just being focused in one area. Yeah, you can hear that. You can hear in your music the various musical influences coming through. It's brilliant. You know, it's it's it is hard to label yourselves because you've got that much of an amazing genre of music, and it just sounds so different to what's about just now. Cheers. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good I mean, we was on, we was on, we got featured on Excess Manchester, and without that feature, I don't think we'd really, we'd really be as clued up on who we, who, who we sound like because they put it perfectly. Uh, they said it sounds like a typical Manchester band, four Mancunian lads that have gone on holiday to America. So you can kind of, <laughs> it, it, it kind of, it is actually perfectly to what we are. We, we, we have got that kind of like pop punk American side to us, but also, you know, we've stuck to our roots as like a, like a typical Manchester rock band. So it, it was perfectly put really. And it's kind of, it's yeah, you couldn't really put it any better than that. So what's the band's creative process like? <laughs> we um, Normally Tom sends us song ideas. So it's either lyrics or he'll actually record himself singing it and like humming the guitar or vocal melody that he wants and we call them his Jack Blacks. <laughs> so we get them and we sort of just have a mess around and come up with riffs or bits and pieces that'll go with it and the start of the song will be almost like just acoustic and vocals and then by the time it's finished we've put you know a bit of rock and a bit of metal in there and a bit of pop punk and stuff like that. Right, so when you're, when you're learning to play guitar did you have sore fingers? Did you did you understand this this the, the song lyrics played it till my fingers bled? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Even just taking a break from uh, like uh, Dan, who's our guitarist, has just had a kid, so we we had like about three or four weeks off, and then coming back into rehearsals playing guitar again, my fingers were hurting already. <laughs> you lose. What kind of strings do you use? I just have um, I just have the um, sort of standard super slinkies on my bass. Just nothing, nothing too heavy. Nice and easy going. But even that's enough to, you know. I think to be fair, I think my bass has warped a little bit, so I'm pressing on the strings harder. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you most like to collaborate with in the future? Ooh. What do you think? A killer that one, isn't it? It's an absolute killer of a question, that, isn't mm. it? For me personally, I do like uh, I do like the way that. 
they've they've um, combined these like dance with like indie artists. I've had like Jake Bugs done it with Camel Fat and Yanis from Falls has recently done one as well. And I like the way that they've done this like rock dance crossover. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, so I think I think something like that would be pretty cool. Something different um, in terms of an artist to collaborate with. That's a tough one. Yeah, um, that is a tough question. <laughs> well, look, guys, if you could open a show for any artist, who would you most like to open a show for? Oh, uh, for me personally, it'd be Biffy Clyro. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. God, you imagine that? What a session that would be. Yeah, that's just, that's just a session before the, the actual session. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, that, that, they're for me the best live band I've seen, and I've seen, I've seen hundreds of bands but for me they really do they do take it so to have the pleasure of warming up for them boys would be uh, some show yeah yeah that would be amazing I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of party that starts on a Friday then you walk home at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday with a bottle of milk in your hand thinking how did I get here happened <laughs> <laughs> a few times that <laughs> <laughs> if, if what is the one message you would give to your fans if they were listening what is the one message you'd like to give to your fans I mean, it's all been a bit of a a quick start from us. So, like, just showing like people supporting us, like friends, family, and even people that just find us and stuff. It's been it's been a bit shocking, really. So we are very grateful. Yeah, it's great how it's 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 how fast it moves, isn't it? As soon as you you fire that song out, and and suddenly you you find all these people thinking, "Wow, you're amazing!" That that must have a major impact on you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think the way to sum it up is like. I just had this thought one day. I could have just easily just forgotten about it and just carried on. But if, if you want something enough, you can have it. You've just got to put put the time and effort into it. And eventually, you know, the, the hard work will, it pays off in the end. So, yeah, if, if, if you've got a thought and you want to do something, put your mind to it and you'll be surprised what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's the process like when you're in the studio? With recorded a couple of songs now and it's been pretty we, we we tend to have the song i'd say 99% where we want it before we start recording it um i think the only sort of embellishments that we ever do towards the end is like vocal harmonies and backing things and stuff like that so we go in we kind of know what we want to do we get everything recorded up and then towards the end of it we're just left to sort of be like you know do we want to add a vocal harmony here or just a little bit of something else or if it's Dan and his guitar, does he want to do like a guitar harmony or something like that? Yeah, when you were doing the Joker, who came up with that and whose idea was it and what was the process like in producing it? Because it's a brilliant, brilliant track. Um, Joker's actually, it was just, I'd get these, well, I've obviously been working at home, um, so I, I, I had these random influxes in the day where I'd walk around my house and just start humming a random tune. So I'd just start singing this tune. I'd just put me my recorder on my phone and just see what happened and it's weird because the words to that song literally fell out I've literally just said all the words in one go <laughs> I've actually got the recording which might make an appearance one day because it'd be good to show people how it actually began um, but yeah that just literally fell out and then I put it to the guys and it's like like Steve said earlier it was just me to kind of humming, a, humming the melody of the song and then we picked it up. To be honest, that's probably one of the quickest songs we did because it just everything just fell into place really quickly. Some of the greatest songs ever written happen quickly. So I mean, I'm sure if you ask No Gallic or or you talk to Richard Ashcroft, he say he wrote a song in in the toilet in three minutes. You know, some of the best tracks are written just yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, it tends, it tends to be the way with with us. To be honest, I mean, like like Steve said earlier, we're working on we're working on one the other day. We literally come in the come in the practice room together and we built a bare bone structure of the song within with drums, bass, guitar within about twenty minutes. And Brilliant. you know, that's already sounding to being like a really big song. So yeah, you're probably right. I think the, the best things uh, tend to fall on the paper. So do you have any useless talents? Like I'll give you an example, I can bend my fingers right over my hand. And who's got the most useless talent? Ooh. I think like Tashi, like Dan on guitar can literally just play anything. Yeah, he comes out with some weird and wonderful noises at times. But, yeah. <laughs> we all seem to have our own sort of like ability to do impressions of people or characters from certain shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
yeah, come on then. There's never a dull moment in the uh, in the rehearsal room. Yeah. I'd probably say Steve. I probably hand over to Steve. That. He's, he's always making us laugh, doing impressions yeah. and stuff like that. I do a decent Herbert from Family Guy. <laughs> Come on, let's do that Herbert from Family Guy. Well, hey there, Chris. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love you hear that. I'd like you to do that now. I've had the time of my life in Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Some of the stuff when you ask me, they got useless times. That's got to be the best one so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you couldn't see him because he actually looks like him as well. And Paul Oh no, I hope there's nobody called Chris about <laughs> So guys, I mean, if it wasn't for music, what would you be doing now? Well, this, it'd probably make me, me nine till five a little bit less interesting as it is because it gives me something to be excited to get to the end of the day at the moment. But yeah, true. I'd probably still be trying my luck at Sunday League, to be honest. Yeah, probably... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard a lot about Sunday League football. You know, I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> I don't even want to go into that. <laughs> I've seen guys turning up on Sunday mornings at ten o'clock in the morning till I kick off at half ten, carrying bottles of wicked and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, there's been a few. There's been a few people turn up straight. I mean, I've played since I was sixteen. Mate. I've been playing Sunday League for ten years, and some of the states of the people I've played with over the years. <laughs> I've actually there was have... a guy once that turned up to the pitch. Um, Dressed as Beetlejuice from his Halloween party the night before, <laughs> and uh, he, he turned up with a litre bottle of liquor in his hand, dressed as Beetlejuice. I think that's that's a beat. <laughs> you just don't ask, do you? You just think, oh, let's just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, where have you guys performed live, and what is what has been your best so far, and why? We've only been able to do two sort of shows. We've done a live show for MMTV, which is streamed over Facebook. Um, and the same guys put on a little bit of a festival when it was sort of in between first and second lockdown. We were able to do a gig at the Irish Centre in Manchester. So wow, I know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's I been went there once or twice. Sorry, I've been to Manchester Centre, the Irish Centre. That's brilliant. Now. That's a great venue. You're singing. It is nice. It is really fancy. <laughs> just yeah, around just... the just around, around the round the corner in it from Manchester City football ground in it. Yeah, it's not too far. Probably about a five minute drive. I was down there with a particular football club when we played them at Man City and I had a, had a I won't lie, I might have had a few too many in there. Nice. <laughs> it is a nice bar. It is, it's brilliant, isn't it? I did, so I did what a few pints as well after watching the Blue Half of Manchester. <laughs> you know what it's about? So, who do you support then? United. You both United fans. Yeah, we're both big United fans. Dan's also a big United fan, and um... Alex, unfortunately, on drums. <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing that I'm guessing the reason why the other two can't be here is because they were probably arrested at the stadium a, a couple of days ago. <laughs> well, no, Alex, <laughs> Alex, the drummer, he's um, he supports United, but the, the wrong type of United. He's actually a Leeds United fan. No way. Yeah. No. He's no. the brunt of the jokes quite a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know what? That's his musical career over. Before <laughs> I think it's time you ditched him. <laughs> well, no. as, you, as you can imagine, the three of us and having him in here in uh, rehearsals causes a, uh, you know, it causes quite, it's quite, quite a laugh sometimes, but it can cause a bit of a stir sometimes as well. <laughs> I just stick him at the back. He'll be used to being at the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's the only reason he's managed to stay in because he was drumming and he'd be at the back. So. <laughs> No, no, what do you mean he's he's a better player than half a league have got? <laughs> no, we, I actually a funny story actually about me and Alex. Um, so when the, when we got the band together, I knew Steve and Dan through through uh, through my childhood. Um, I met him many years ago. Met Steve at a party, and I met I knew Dan from school. Um, but I couldn't find a drummer at first, so I, I reached out for a drummer, and Alex actually played for my my football team on a Sunday morning. Oh dear God! So he was um, he was my keeper. So he played the net for us on my football team. And to Is say any good? 
to say he wasn't good with his hands in net, <laughs> it's a good job he's good <laughs> with his hands at drumming. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what can we expect from you guys in the future? And do you have any plans to tour? I know that lockdown's coming to an end. Yeah, so we've we've got our debut hometown headline show announced um, in October, which is you know we've we've aimed pretty big. With it's a four hundred and eight seat capacity of venue and um, the bread shed in Manchester. Um, I've seen a few wow. gigs there myself, and it's it's a quality venue. So we've we've got that booked in, and we're looking at um, we're looking at doing a few shows around the UK as well to make it a bit of a tour. So we've got some news coming on that in the coming weeks as well. Love to see you up in Carlisle, lads. It'd be great if you'd pop up to Carlisle. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, like you say, yes. Um, I've I've checked a couple of venues out, and you know, want to try and get as far and as wide as we can because you know we've 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 missed. We've been together over just over a year now. And we've not actually had a chance to gig as such, and that's normally when bands are gigging the most. So we've missed yeah. that. So we can't wait to actually get out there and play in front of potential new fans. How do you feel social media has impacted music industry and has it impacted yourselves? You're on it quite a bit, aren't you? Just like posting things and stuff. It's helpful in some ways. Like getting the word out has been a lot easier than what it probably would have been 10 years ago. Yeah, well, joining, you know, starting a band at the beginning of a pandemic, which no one really knew what was going to happen, was probably the worst timing ever to start a band. (laughs) But with the power of social media, we managed to we managed to create this fan base which without it we probably won't probably no one would know who we are um, like yeah so we've managed to to spread our fan base out across the UK and beyond you know we've got we've got fans in America and stuff like that which is crazy to see so well, yeah without the power of social media we, we, we probably wouldn't be a band so it's it's been a blessing and especially at such a time mm. Yeah, it's been very difficult, obviously. Music industry's been absolutely hammered because of COVID. Uh, digital, vinyl or CD? I've got a, I'm a big, I'm a big vinyl collector, me personally. Uh, Good man, me too. So, I mean, the, the, the aim is one day to, to release a vinyl as a band. To, I love that, yeah. To have our own vinyl being played would be a, it's definitely, well, it's something that we're going to, I'm definitely going to make sure happens, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of upcoming bands over the years that I've bought vinyls from since day one. Um, the Blossoms, for example, I've got I've got a few I've got theirs right from the beginning from the Charlemagne one, um, and then there's a few upcoming bands from Manchester at the moment, um, Scotlers and Dirty Laces who have got theirs. So I, I try and I try and collect as as many vinyls, especially early on as I can. Are there any new bands you've seen kicking about? You thought, oh, they're all right, they're real good. Them, I won't mind having a jam with them. Um, yeah, there's some there's some bands that we've we've, we've managed to meet already as a band. Um, when I played our first show, we met a band called um, Broke Casino. who was good with us. Um, we've, you know, Steve got on with them as well. We had a good, we had a good laugh with them, didn't we? Yeah, first thing we did was buy just a few cans of beer and cider and sat and chilled and really got along well. Yeah, that that was for our first show as well. So it kind of well, it it was my first ever live performance in front of a microphone. Apart from <laughs> apart from when I've been intoxicated and holiday singing, Elton John and karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, meeting them was good. It, it put us at ease a little bit. Well, it, it certainly put me at ease. And um, yeah, there's there's a couple of couple of other bands, um, Scotlers from Middleton there. That they're, they've been around for a few years now. They're they're really good and. Looking forward to seeing them again when things start to open back up properly. Yeah, they're brilliant. They're excellent. It's it's a it's a it's a great time just now to be a musician. You know, it's like alive. The music industry's come alive again. Yeah, especially now that COVID's, you, we can see the sort of light coming. You know, closer and stuff, and gigs are starting to get booked in, and the gigs that we had last year are not getting postponed anymore. People are probably a lot more excited than they would have been. You know, had it not been a pandemic. If you guys could perform anywhere, anywhere in the world, where would you most like to perform live? Oh, you've got a lot to where you work as. <laughs> yeah, I work, I work in the tourism industry, so I'd love to do stuff, do like gigs in Southeast Asia or something. Singapore would be good. Wow, yeah, that would be amazing. They're crazy over there, you know, for music. They absolutely love it. They're, I mean, they go mental for it, you know. Yeah, I'd love to go to a gig actually in uh, Japan because I've heard like Japanese metal crowds can be amazing. Unbelievable! They're crazy for it. 
Guys, do you still feel radio is an important outlet considering all the platforms that are available? It's, it's, yeah, I feel like it certainly helped us a little bit. We've been on Excess um, Manchester and they've really helped us out and they've played us in their evening shows. They've they've got like um, every evening they've got the sort of independent show, haven't they? Where it's like they'll they'll do local bands and stuff. So that's always been great. It's good to see support on a public radio station. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem we got just now is there's so many platforms, that, yeah. and there is new radio stations popping up. Maybe not the ones you can listen to in your in your car. They're all online, and and they're they're all desperate to put out new music. And of course, you've got all these playlists and. I am not a fan of some of these playlists because they're charging you to put your music in a playlist. Would you not rather just have somebody individual find your music who likes your music? Because with a DJ on a radio station, you just never know what's coming next. And I kind of like that. Yeah, true. Yeah, I started I started to stop listening to, when I can, if I'm on my own in the car, I try not to put my own music on and listen to my library. I try and flick a local. I, to be honest, I normally have excess on if I'm in the car. I just try to listen to these new new bands and the new up-and-coming music and seeing what's out there. Nine times out of ten, yeah. I'll hear something and go, who's that? And try and follow him. It's, yeah, it's, especially now I'm, now I'm part of a band myself and I want people to discover us. It's kind of it's kind of brought my attention to trying to discover other new bands. So looking back, how did you guys all come together? It's weird, actually, because we've all kind of known each other like I, I knew Dan, the guitarist from primary school. We, we were, I was in year three with him, and then like we, are, we went off to our own like secondary schools and that. But I'd always known that he was a really good guitarist. And then I yeah. met Tom at a party a few years ago. Kept in touch, you know, over the football and stuff like that. And then when Tom said he was getting a band together, and he mentioned that Dan was going to be the guitarist, that was that kind of sealed the deal. And then um, Alex on drums, Tom knew from the football. From, from playing so we kind of all knew each other separately and then coming together as a band works really well we have a saying in Glasgow where if some guys are a wee bit of a ladies man we call him a shagger which one of you guys <laughs> is the shagger? Steve <laughs> uh, nodding at me then <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that'll get your tap off in the bar and have a have an Instagram po- photograph with it, the beard and hand saying, lads. Yeah, that's me, that. <laughs> you're Shagger. Go on, you're me. <laughs> Top Shagger. <laughs> There's always a joker. There's always one in the pack that you just can't take your eye off of. If you fall asleep after a session, you know he's going to write a cock and balls in your head. Who's the joker in the pack? I've got news for you. Our pack's got four jokers in it. I will yeah. got to fall asleep around there. I am <laughs> dreading touring. <laughs> uh, we'll soon find out who can hold that beer, eh? <laughs> yeah, it could, just, it could just be anyone. Um, I won't I won't even like to put my finger on it. There's always, there's always someone doing something quirky in the corner or... Always got a trick up the sleeve. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll have some funny stories to tell down there, down the next couple of years. So we'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> what's, been, what's been the best advice you've been given and by whom? Um, we share a room with my uncle's band, who's kind of helped guide me um, when I started asking questions at the beginning. Um, so, it, you know, we, we've shared a room with him and now we've actually got our own studio together. So... You know, he's he's been in bands for 20 years, maybe even longer. So he's done a lot of things wrong in his 20 years, which he's, he said to me, you know, learn from, learn from his mistakes kind of thing. So he's always been there at hand for me to ask any questions and that and point us in the right direction, which has been, it's been a big help really because when you're starting off, you're kind of going into the unknown. So it's really helped us having that, that knowledge within the same rehearsal room. So, what was the first single you guys bought? What was your first ever single? What was the first single or CD or album you bought? Ooh. Oh, mine's really bad. <laughs> That's Actually, what it's, not, it's not too bad. But it's just, it's one of those when you look back on it and you go, yeah, I bought that album. It was Infest by Papa Roach. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear God, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask the next question, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you? But you already answered that. 
<laughs> Guys, what, what is the most embarrassing that's ever happened to you? And have you ever got yourself in a bit of trouble? Well, I'm, I'm going to trump stay first, actually. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to trump in there because I've just mine's just come to light. I remember, I remember being I can't remember how old I was, but I thought it was five at first. I thought it was the five album, but I've actually it's actually not. I can't remember what the name of the album is, but it was a Westlife album and it's a blue one with all the four faces on the front of it. So if you think that's a bad first album, then make up trumps. You guys, what's what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you? And ever have you ever got yourself in trouble? I don't think I've ever been in trouble. Have you? <laughs> um, I've I've probably got some things that I don't know if I'm allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's only this comes with a parental warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, nothing's springing to mind. <laughs> no. I always cringe at the fact that I played my first ever gig in my first band when I was about 15, 16. And for the first two songs, my amp was completely turned off. Like nothing was coming out. <laughs> I had to like casually look like I was fiddling with the the treble and bass and that lot. And it's like, yeah, switch my amp on. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even know. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> So, guys, let's say you're on tour in Las Vegas and you've had a great show and you're back at your hotel and you're going down to meet the lads at the bar and the ele- elevator gets stuck. <laughs> Who would you most least like to be stuck in the elevator with and why? <laughs> Who's the worst out of us? <laughs> oh, I can help you, but I'll give you a rough idea. If it was me, I, I, if I was stuck in an elevator with that Matt Hancock, I would start pulling my own teeth because I wouldn't need a dentist and I wouldn't need torture <laughs> for me. Yeah, someone on that line would be the same for me, actually. Someone of uh, that variety of people. <laughs> if you guys could go back in time and perform at any, any concert historically, is there any concert where you just look and think, God, I wish we were there? Oh, some tough questions there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Isle of Wight Festival, you know, Nebworth, Glastonbury. Yeah, I went to Leeds Festival 2010. The lineup for me was like, that's my kind of stuff. It was like, you know, Billy Talent, Blink-182, Paramore. If I could have wow. gotten that, though, that would have been amazing. Gallows played. That sounds amazing. That, that would be an awesome... An awesome, an awesome way to perform. <laughs> Guys, so you wake up in the morning and you don't know how you've got there. Who do you blame for getting you there in the first place? Whose fault is it you woke up somewhere and have no idea how you got there and what happened the night before? Who's to blame? Who's the main culprit? Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd probably take the blame for that one. <laughs> Well, guys, look, looking to the future, obviously, you've obviously seen you're working on some new music just now. Can we expect an album? Yeah. Well, I, so, yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're going to look, we're going to work on an EP soon. Um, going to look at getting an EP out there uh, just as a bit of a teaser to what's to come. I think as the months go by, we, we, we're writing the songs that we're writing are just getting better and better. So, we're actually writing and then we're actually write, writing new ones and pushing them onto the back because everything just seems to be getting better. So I think we've got another, I think we need to get a year under our belts gigging and seeing, seeing where the kind of, where, where our material lies with the crowds and then we can start maybe putting, a, putting an album together next year. Um, it's definitely something that we're all looking to do together. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of our bigger goals. Yeah, it'd be great to hear that. How have your friends and family influenced you? Yeah, the support's been amazing. Um, even just, even just from like we did, did like a first live stream show, and we did like a little run of t-shirts, and <laughs> we had like loads of loads of our friends and family all over Facebook and that wearing our t-shirts and posting, you know, posting support and pictures of themselves going on holiday wearing the pictures and wearing the t-shirts and that. So. Yeah, there's, there's been loads and loads of support for us all on social media and, you know, seeing that and then even friends of friends commenting and supporting us just really does push you to, to where you want to be, really. It's just been it's, been, it's been a bit of a crazy 12 months, but seeing how much we've grown and 
all the support has been amazing. So, yeah, we, we can't thank everyone enough. If you could go back to 10-year-old you, what advice would you give 10-year-old you? Stop caring so much what people think. Yeah, definitely. Do what makes you happy. Don't worry about what other people think about your music. It's, what you're, it's your music at the end of the day. Brilliant. I like that. You guys have had great advice from your uncle. What advice would you give to new, inspiring artists? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I've, I mean, like I say, I've, other than the odd bit of karaoke after a few drinks, I've always, I've had, I've always had a guitar and I've always loved to play music. But any songs that I have wrote, I've never ever shown anyone because I don't know. I always worried what other people thought of it or if it was any good or not. So it'd just be, you know, don't be scared if it's not good. Someone won't like it, but just. If you write something or you've got something to show people, the only way they're going to hear it is if you actually <laughs> actually show them. So, yeah, don't don't be worried and just just do what makes you happy. Manchester's or the Mersey beat, which is the best? Well, did you swear then the second word? <laughs> ah, I knew that was going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put it another way. What do you think has been most influential, the Mersey beat or the Manchester music scene? I know what I think. Oh, the Manchester music scene is just the, the pinnacle. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I think the man. I think I'm not just being biased there when I say, it, but Manchester flies the flag for the UK in terms of music. I think the Manchester. I don't think the music scene in the UK would be half as big without without some of the some some of the bands and some of the artists that have come from Manchester over the years. I just think flies the flag for it. Mm-hmm. There's some amazing acts coming out of Scotland just now. Some big bands and some amazing writers and singers. Would you perform in Scotland and where would you like to in Scotland if you could? Oh, definitely. I've been to, um, I can't remember what, I've been to Glasgow about three times now um, to watch, I watched Jerry Cinnamon. Um, that the Barrowlands? It weren't the Barrowlands, it was, is it, is it the old two? Aye, that's it, aye. aye. So the first time I watched him was um, the Cortinas was headlining and Jerry Cinnamon supported and it was absolutely nuts. I've not, I've not seen a support act like it in my life. Yeah, you know he's a big, big cinnamon's a big. He supports a particular football club in in Glasgow, to Jerry Cinnamon, and they all get behind him. Oh, nice. So I think he he uses that. Do you find that perhaps sometimes maybe your, your the supporters of your club would get behind you? Yeah, I mean we've done quite a bit for um, for United. We've, I mean I'm I'm a season ticket holder. Um, Funny story, I actually took Steve's season season ticket over when he went travelling. So that's uh, that was way before the band started. But we've we've been involved in one of the fanzines for United and we've we've been quite been quite vocal on social media and that. I mean we wouldn't wanna wouldn't wanna cause any distress and you know, we only want United fans listening to us and stuff like that. But yeah, we are proud United fans and you know we, we How don't... do you see the current how do you see the current situation at Man United? Yeah. I, won't, I won't mind some new owners, to be honest, if that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I think it's time they sort of left and sold up and give it to someone that, you know, would prefer to have the money stay within the club. I mean, that's the ideal situation, but... Yeah. In terms of the actual team itself and the, the journey we've been on, I mean, I mean, we've obviously had a bit of coming and going with managers recently, but I think since, since Solskjaer's come in... Um, you know, we're definitely improving year on year. So, yeah. I mean, I think we're in a good position to go into next season. It could be a quite exciting one. So, hopefully try and catch up our neighbours. Yeah. Do you feel that when you discussed the European Super League, did you feel let down by your club slightly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they all, every single one of them was, it was just, it was just a bit of a weird 48 hours when that happened. I think everyone was quite disgusted with their own clubs and just football in general. It was a bit, it was a bit of a, bit of a rubbish week that. Yeah, it's disappointing that it was, it was money over, over fans that way, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was the people at the clubs that didn't, didn't even really care about the clubs as well. And then you've got, you've got all the fans and the players and stuff that would, it just didn't really even get considered in it all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad it got squashed quicker than it actually got brought up. Yeah. Fan power. Fan power won in the end, I'd say, yeah. And yeah. Gary Neville, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I mean, I love Gary Neville anyway, but <laughs> uh, after after some of his 
some of his comments in recent weeks over the Super League and over United in particular. It just <laughs> just makes you love the man even more. Yeah. See, I'm not a Man United fan, but I've always been a fan of Scholesy. I've always considered him... I mean, people talk about Gerrard and Lampard, but to me, one of the greatest midfielders I've ever blessed to see, and I've seen him several times at my stadium in Glasgow, uh, performing, and I, I honestly thought Paul Scholes is the greatest midfielder I've ever seen. And I, and I put him up there with Pirlo and stuff like that. I think Paul Scholes is the greatest talent ever, and he's such a quiet guy. Yeah, crazy how quiet he is, actually, considering he, you know he's part of the treble-winning team and... You know. And to say he's the joker in the park, that he was actually the one for pinging <laughs> balls on people and stuff like that. It's the quiet ones you've got to be worried about, innit? <laughs> That's what they say. Aye, aye, I know about that. I'm... So, was it Steve, or did you say you travelled around a little bit? Yeah, so I actually gave up my season ticket back in 2016 and I ended up backpacking around like Southeast Asia, working in Australia. The original wow. plan was not to come back home, but you know, things happen and then you end up back, back at square one. <laughs> And do you think it shaped you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got I've got myself into a decent job in the travel industry, which I love, and it's definitely helped me with coping with situations on the fly, which is always good. They always say leave your plans in sand because if something comes up, you've got to think on your feet. And if you're ever in a stressful situation, you know, you, I can just sort of be like, well, it's happening, so I've got to sort it out. <laughs> Well, look, guys, it's been absolutely chat, amazing chatting to you guys. You're an amazing band. I love the music, and I'm really looking forward to the future for you guys because I'll be following you with keen interest, and it's great that you come on tonight. I am going to play Joker. Would you like to introduce it? Go on, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah, this is our latest single, Joker, which we are very, very proud of, and obviously the feedback we've received for this has just been, it's been amazing. So, yeah. If it's the first time hearing it, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on, guys. It's great to talk to you guys and good luck with everything. Thanks for having us, mate. You take care. And yourself. I'm your Dennis Dillon. This is the NMF podcast with the High Cindias, and this is The Joker. Playing the hits and your favourites of yesterday and today. Much more sexy tracks coming up.
the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Much more sexy tracks coming up.